Welcome to the Geek Tea Podcast, where we go the distance. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. Oh, man, I can't from uh, I can't remember the Hercules lyric. It was oh, in my head, him. and then it left. I oh. caught him for once. Perfect. Okay, that's never oh, happened. broke me. I feel I'm good broken. about this. Um, <laughs> today, we are talking about not Hercules, Hercules lyrics. We're talking about um, marathon training, because you're training for it. Again, I'm still a little rough around the edges, because we are recording this due to the miracle of time delay. Uh, the same night that we're recording last week's episode, because BJ is in Mexico right now, as you guys are listening to this, I think. Man, I wish I was there out. right now. Yeah, if timing works out, I'll be in Mexico when you're listening to this. I wish I were in Mexico while we're recording this. Yeah. I was recording this. But just like last week, we actually do have an official sponsor for one more week. So we do. you are prepared to talk about them. I am not, but I fully support their support of us. <laughs> This week, the Geek to Geek podcast is sponsored by the Nerdberg Review. Woohoo! The Nerdberg Review is a new podcast from brother and sister team of gamers, and they talk about PC, console, and mobile gaming. Uh, Todd used to create the popular podcast and webcomic Gadget Hovel, uh, and it ran for about a decade. Uh, and now he's doing a podcast with his little sister, Alinzia, and they talk about whatever they've been playing uh, in terms of gaming and just what's going on in their lives. And you get to listen in. Uh, they've been longtime friends of geek to geek They are fantastic people and we couldn't be happier to have them sponsor the show um, if you like listening to us then you'll absolutely like listening to them they they do really really good geeky stuff uh, we'll have a link in the show notes so that you can easily find them and so far they've done episodes on Link's Awakening uh, they've talked about Dragon Quest pneumonia so I mean you have got to listen to this you know, so thank you nerd like pneumonia yeah, like pneumonia. That's uh, it's, It goes right in there. So I, I certainly hope that Alenzia is feeling better now from uh, from the pneumonia. Yes, hopefully. But thank you guys so much for your sponsorship. That's amazing. We fully appreciate it. Um, so today we're talking about how to train for a marathon. And yes, I don't know much about it because I've never done it. I probably never will just based on my allergies and asthma situation. I do like running. I do like building up my cardio strength and getting out there and doing things. But I just don't think marathons ever in my future. But I had a tiny bit to contribute here. So I'm going to contribute it up front because I don't think I can do much after that. I, I have an assumption about how marathon okay. training works. I would like to present this to you and you tell me how wrong I am, okay? Okay, okay. I'm listening. Okay. So I assume that you run a little ways and then the next day you run a little bit farther um, and then you repeat that over and over until you run a marathon. I, it, In I'm, general? I'm kind of thinking... Is it like couch to 5K, except after you hit the 5K, you just keep expanding on it? In general, yeah. It gets a little more complicated. I mean, this is the first time I've done it. So there are people listening to this right now who what I get wrong and what you're listening to uh, and you're like, no, no, dude, you're going to injure yourself. Uh, please reach out to me and let me know because uh, because I'm doing this for the first time as well. So this is going off of we're talking about me getting started on this. I'm in week three of doing this. So I am uh, very much uh, a newbie in terms of of the full marathon. I've done halves before. And so for my half training, it really was very much like that. It was, I run a little ways, then the next time I can run a little bit longer. And for me, I didn't do anything but that. Like I did uh, something kind of like the Jeff Galloway uh, run, walk, run thing, where you run uh, for a certain period of time and then you walk at set points, even if you're not tired, like you'll run for five minutes, then you stop 
stop and walk for 30 seconds. Then you run for another five minutes. Then you stop and walk for 30 seconds. Or you run a mile, you stop for point one, whatever it is. And that kind of thing really kind of emulates the couch to 5K intervals and just kind of reaching out longer points of being able to run. And from what I'm seeing and what the plans that I'm using, intervals aren't so much a thing with uh, with the training that I'm doing. I'm actually going to be following the uh, the Hal Higdon uh, Novice One plan, and they are it. And there's one called Novice Supreme with him, and there's one called Novice One. And so, and and I'll get into to those in just a second. But to go like to the couch to 5K thing, it's like looking at these and and seeing what I'm up against. I guess it's laid out in that I'm going to have midweek runs that are going to be lower distance than what I would have expected. Those days, I'm also going to be working on like running faster and trying to do tempo runs where I'm uh, running at a faster speed um, and then having kind of moderate speed runs in the middle of the week that are a little bit longer. Um, then I'll have rest days and then a fairly slow long run, like like where it may be like double the amount of mileage at the end of the week than I did the entire rest of the week previously, but in one run. And then there's going to be cross training involved where if you don't do some sort of like cycling or swimming or strength training, um, you can really, or yoga, it's really uh, likely that you're going to injure yourself because of overwork. So the way that I trained for halves before, um, it really was, I'm going to run five miles today. I'm going to run five miles tomorrow. I'm going to run six miles the next day. I'm going to run 10 on Saturday, something like that, where I would work solely on what Couch to 5K taught me of increasing that distance or that time little by little and not really worrying about anything else. And what I'm learning as I'm starting out on this is that if I do that, I'm going to injure myself and not make it anywhere near being able to run a marathon. That would be bad. That's the opposite of the goal. Yeah, it is. It's the exact opposite of the goal. And uh, like, so does that answer your question a little bit about... I think so. I think that helps because I was really like wondering how you prep for it like what's the schedule you know for a marathon compared to i've never really looked that far beyond couch to 5k because i don't ever intend to go a whole lot more than like 5 or 10k um and usually once you're at 5k you can kind of just scale up a little bit and not worry about it too much and yeah absolutely until you get to about 10k 10k is my favorite distance by far 6.2 miles is by far my favorite distance because you can run it in about an hour you can really uh take it as either a leisurely run or as a fairly fast clip depending on where your skill is and it doesn't really eat into your week or your day too much you know within an hour uh which is absolutely wonderful and getting up to that really wasn't any different for training the for the the first 5ks that i was doing you know it was the same kind of intervals it was the same kind of pushing forward really the same kind of time frame as go just adding another 5k on top of that um running to the half marathon um i learned that my ideal week was three 10Ks, was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday 10K, and then on Saturday, I would do my long run, whatever that was. And the rule 
is generally you don't want more than 50% of your weekly mileage to come from your long run. So if I ran three 10Ks, then I would need my long run to really be no longer than 18 miles, you know, give or take. And so honestly, that works out about perfectly because that's really where I topped out at. Uh, I think it was 16 miles uh, that I topped out at when I was doing the half marathon training. So that was just what I liked running. So it worked out that I didn't even have to worry too much about training. Like I was just going out running. I was in good shape and it was like, okay, I can do this. And, um, marathon is a lot, lot different because I can't do that all the way up to uh, 26 miles that, uh, I have to, because it's so grueling, um, that it has to be a lot more complicated in terms of what, you're doing to your body to let it recover because if you're just pounding out distance then uh your body's going to wear out so sometimes you have to do like speed work and hill work and stuff like that and uh, do squats or lunges or yoga or whatever to make sure that you're using different parts of your body because that level of mileage once you're getting up to having 20 plus uh having some of your runs be 10 miles in the middle of the week and some of them being uh, or more and some of them being more than 20, uh, depending on your plan, is just too hard on your body to do that and nothing else. And if you're doing the exact same workout like I was doing, where it was just running this, I wasn't working on speed or anything. It was purely I'm going and I'm going to hit this distance. There was no I'm going to try to run faster today. I'm going to take it easy today. Nothing like that. I just went straight at it, and uh, because of that, there's no way I can I can approach this that way. Do you ever actually run the full distance before the marathon? Most plans say not to. Um, I know I'm I'm having a really hard time with that uh, because of just how I work mentally. But uh, the Hal Higdon one that I'm training with, um, I think it gets you. I'm looking to make sure right now it gets you up to 20 miles and then you taper for two weeks 12 and then eight and then you do your marathon so that you're uh, kind of refreshed as you go uh 20 is the most that you run uh in it i've seen some that go up to 22 um i very rarely see a 26 just because that extra that extra six miles there really is some of the hardest worst part like i've heard so many people say that the first half of a marathon is the first 20 to 22 miles and then the other four to six are the entire other half of the race uh that doesn't sound easy that sounds very difficult it doesn't and so i've been terrified of this for a very long time like i was so so scared to do this and part of it is because i'm not terribly structured um and part of it is because i have asthma like i don't have i have allergies but i don't have allergies like you i've not had to deal with them anywhere near to the extent that you do but uh, i have exercise induced asthma so it's very hard for me to run with a typical training plan I always have to adjust it some way that even in couch to 5k I had to do like some pre-work and then I've had to repeat a lot of weeks to make sure that my lungs would strengthen up enough to do it and the Hal Higdon uh, novice one that I'm doing is an 18-week course it is an 18-week plan which I'm I'm really happy about because I'm I have 24 weeks for training. I have an extra month and a half and I'm on week three. So I'm basically working my way up to week one on it right now where I'm 
because I haven't really been running. Like I started doing this from nothing. I'd been running two days again after taking the summer off, basically, and decided then Jay and Rose convinced me to to register for the race that they're doing. Well, I'm like, glad that so, you have like other people doing it with you. That'll be that'll be super nice to not be yes. the only one that you know that's running it. And I've never I've never been in that situation before where all of the other races I've ever run with someone, they've always been doing a lesser distance that. Uh, well, I take that back. My very first 5K, Jennifer and I have done 5Ks together. And then any of the longer races that I've done, it's always been somebody else running the 5K and me running the 10K or the half marathon or the 15K. And so it's uh, it's going to be interesting to, you know, be ha- be with somebody who experienced that kind of long thing, uh, long run, that 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 ordeal, I guess, uh, uh, the same way and be able to commiserate that. I'm really, really, really excited uh, to, to hang out with them and to really see where they're going. Because, I mean, Rose is doing 12 marathons this year. Like, she's doing one a yeah, month. Yeah, I was going to say, so for those of you who don't know all of the people who we talk to when we're not here recording, like, we have a, the whole community around the network right which is why we wanted this network in the first place is to have like a geeky community where people can come and geek out about whatever they think is interesting and there are other people that support that so capsule j is obviously part of the network because we talk about him every week he's one of our streamers rose probably should be because i see her streaming all the time so we should have that conversation with her at some point but i feel like i feel like i see her running a marathon like every week it's like every time i turn around she completed another marathon i know it's not that because that would destroy a person but she definitely (laughs) has the experience that you can tie into right yes and i'm very grateful for that and i know that she's doing a lot of research and and really getting into uh the the physical and exercise physiology side of it and so i'm basically going to in the coming weeks look at rose who you can find her online at uh, at run run rosie on instagram and at rose 262 on on twitter and uh the stream is twitch.tv slash run run rosie i believe and uh it's like i'm gonna be reaching out to her a lot and really getting her to kick my tail on this because uh like her and jay she and jay have both like motivated me to get out before and uh, jay's run the atlanta marathon before the one that i've registered for and they're uh because they're doing it as well um so like it's done his and rose the reason it seems like she's done a marathon every week is because you'll see all the time like she's doing 5k's 10k's and halves as well on the weekends that she's not doing marathons maybe that's what i'm saying it's like every week is like a race of some kind it feels like yeah, she's doing races like mad and like I'm jealous of that. Like I really want to get to the point where like I can do that because I'm obsessed with uh, running medals and I, I love race medals so much. And so like I'm so glad that they're doing this so that I can reach out. I'm glad that they're experienced at this because I've been running for the last seven years and I've done long races and I have the experience and the muscle memory and the the know-how to do it, but I don't know how to, to really go from here here like i know running to lose weight i know running to maintain weight and i know running for fun but i've once you get past 13 miles once you get past that half marathon length it gets to the point where it's no longer running for fun you're running to train you're running for a goal and you're running i don't even want to say you're run. and this is me getting hokey about running i know somebody else it's it's running for uh 
for reasons other than fitness is running for reasons to prove something to yourself or to somebody else or to do something and achieve a goal. And that's where I'm at. I've never done that before. So I'm really excited to, uh, to have them to reach out to specifically. And I know, um, Steve Whitcamp on Twitter, uh, Mr. Alarm at Mr. Alarm, uh, is one of our dragon quest, uh, FM listeners and he's a runner and he's done marathons. And so I'm just excited to, to have people who are talking to me when they see this, like, Oh yeah, I've done that. Or I'm, I'm a runner. I do this. And it's like, that community is what makes me love running to begin with. And that's the community that made me decide to do this and really get off of my tail and, you know, lose those extra 40 pounds that I've still got to lose, get down there and make the running easier for me and have this goal. Like, cause I don't know what I'm doing at this point. Like I've in uh, December at about halfway, Rose suggested that I do a half marathon uh, or actually it may have been Jay. I don't remember. One of them suggested that I do a half marathon. I think it was Jay actually uh, that suggested I do a half marathon at about the halfway point. And it turns out that looking at the 24 week schedule I have following the, uh, the Hal Higdon one uh, is that's when my half needs to be anyway. That's where it falls. And there's one in Huntsville about an hour east of me uh, in Huntsville, Alabama. And uh, I'm on the wait list for it. And I got an email from them saying, yeah, you'll definitely get in. You're at that point on the wait list where we know that the rest of it's going to fill up. And so we'll open this up for you. Uh, so I'm very excited to have a half to look forward to in, uh, on like December 13th, maybe the 14th, and then uh, be able to do this because I know what to expect up to December. Like I've done that before. I'm good. I've done it a couple of times. It's like I'm I'm a okay up to 13 miles. It's just all about what that what's after that, right? Well, I'm excited for you. I hope it I hope it all goes really really well. I'm really I, I do too. God, I hope so because I'm I'm really out of shape right now. Like it's killing me. Um, I trained for the Disney races poorly. Um, the way that I approached it, like I said, I just did distance and did nothing else. And at that point, I wasn't caring how much I ran or how much I walked. So I don't even have the conditioning like at all, like anywhere near in the the, the remote past since I have basically had my nervous breakdown of being able to run consistently for a long period of time. And so now I'm actually having to work on that, that I look forward to getting to the point where I can get my three 10Ks during the week again, and that being my base, and then really work beyond this and use those in different ways. Um, it's... I'm, I'm super excited about this. Uh, and I'm like I said, I'm new and I'm I'm scared about this because I don't know what to expect after just the second week of December. Well, so, now, you've, uh, now you've put it out there into the world, which is one of the reasons why we wanted to do this episode. And I, I know you'll report in because you'll be training for the next like half year. So it's not like yep. it's going to go away. But just we wanted to establish a baseline. And also just like there's something about, you know, if you talk about the workout habits when you and I are in them and we have something to talk about, it's usually talking about it from a place of like, Hey, we're doing this and it's interesting, but right. there's something to be said for like when you're starting something and how intimidating it can be and how scary it can be. So we wanted to give listeners a little bit of insight into that because we feel that way too. Anytime you're doing something new, I wouldn't know how to approach half marathon training. Like the longest distance I've ever run is probably about like six miles, it's like 10 K what's 10 K in miles. Help uh, me out. 6.2. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's like the farthest distance I've ever run. And I wouldn't know what to do for a half marathon, much less a marathon. So you're feeling that now because you haven't gone that distance before. And yeah, like that's the same way that I felt when I was going from like a zero to a 5k. You know, I'm sure you felt the same way when you were starting out. 
yeah, when I started, when I started running the very first time, I was at about 280 pounds, 250. Uh, the very, like, actually, the very first time I tried couch to 5K, I was probably at 300 pounds. Uh, I was with one of my ex-girlfriends, uh, Adrian, and she had started doing it. And uh, I could not run 10 seconds. And I just gave up because I didn't know how to run. I didn't know anything about form. I was sprinting like a gazelle, my legs out, like just galloping along, had no idea what I was doing, hurt myself, hurt my knees, hurt my lungs. Like I was 300 pounds and running was too intimidating. Like I would hear things about 5Ks. I'm like, nobody can run three miles. That's ridiculous. And it took years and weight loss and doing that uh, specifically when I, when I actually started running, like as a habit habit, I was 230 pounds and had no idea how to run more than 15 seconds. I did it because my wife started doing it at that point. And I was like, if she can do it, I can do that. And started uh, going along and uh, l- trying to, to learn how to do it with her. Like I follow people who know what they're doing so that I can do do that same thing and really uh i'm very i really want uh like the master apprentice relationship with people yeah and i mean for me like the the way my asthma my allergies interact without getting like into all the details i just cannot sustain a run so like i know i'm never going to be a competition runner it's it's fine i'm way over that but the thing is like even when we talk about running, even when I was up to those distances of like six miles, which for me is probably the most I'm ever going to be able to do just physically. Um, right. Even though I'm in, like, honestly, I'm in pretty good shape outside of that. It's just like my cardiovascular and my allergies and asthma won't let me. Like, even when I was at my peak, I don't think I have ever run consistently for longer than a mile. Like, I just cannot do it. My body won't let me. So it's like, no matter what situation you're in, you know, like when I talk about running six miles, it's really like run and then walk for a while and then run and then walk for a while and then maybe jog. And, you know, like that's that's how I do it. So all of it to say that, like, no matter where you're at, there's always the next step you can do. And it doesn't have to just be like marathon training. It can be maybe I'm going to go try to walk like a quarter of a mile today and just move, you know, and even that can be huge. Yeah, it's it, that's more than than I was able to move when I started. Like I when I started losing weight initially, it was moving was so out of my wheelhouse that I did it all through diet. And it wasn't I'd lost like 70 pounds on using diet before I learned how to even begin to remotely exercise. Like I didn't know how, like moving a quarter mile was scary because I had no clue how to do it. And so it was a very, very gradual thing that I became kind of fitness obsessed uh, as I went through and really just learned that I loved running uh, because for a very long time I hated it. I didn't even know that I liked it until I didn't even like it when I started out until I came in. I got really tired of working on my Kickstarter for my novel and I I was doing all marketing that summer. I needed to get out of the house. I went for a run and I came back in feeling better than I had when I left. And I was like, oh, man, that's why they do this. And it kind of clicked from there. And it's kind of been my thing ever since. But there's no way I, I couldn't through couch to 5k the uh the weeks I had to I've had to repeat so many of those like you run for 90 seconds that I think that may be like week 3 or something like that those 90 second intervals I've had to repeat so many times because of asthma just like doing those weeks over and over again to get to where it was like 90 seconds and that's where I'm at right now I can do about a third of a mile before my asthma kicks in 
without I can't run a solid mile right now. And uh, it's to the point where my asthma, it's, it's 80% humidity this morning. It was 66 degrees when I went to run this morning, and it was 80% humidity. And I simply could not do more than a third of a mile because my lungs would get tense and really tight. And uh, I would have to, to slow down, let my heart rate get down, let my lungs loosen up, and then start again, but keeping, you know, that pace, keep up some sort of, of active pace where it's, it is just getting out there and uh, forcing yourself to do it at the beginning. And uh, it's, it's really hard to sometimes. Yeah. But I mean, if you guys are interested in trying and starting, like there are plenty of people around the network that are very willing to help or give you advice or tell you where they've been and what they've done along the way. So yeah. we want to get that out there before BJ starts training. Well, as you're starting to, tr- to <laughs> yeah. train, like really, yeah. And I'm hoping to use this as a way, like I've missed writing and doing the geekfitness.net uh, blog that I had for so long. Like I started that in 2013 and haven't really been doing it that much over the last few years. And I've missed that. So I've uh, I've started actually, I'm trying to use a, a physical running log. Like I've got books and notebooks uh, that I'm writing in that I'm going to be uh, kind of following along and trying to, to use this as motivation and accountability that I need to put this stuff out there, uh, which is one of the reasons I like doing this episode because it's you guys being able to be like so what's going on dude um do that and i'm going to try to start that podcast back up just to to do stuff like this to talk and really uh kind of just be more like a journal to myself than anything else as i go through so it's uh it's going to be interesting because that kind of thing motivates me and i always feel like i have something to say uh yeah. Whether or not anyone else wants to listen, I don't know, but I'm really going to use this as an impetus to really try to push that stuff out regularly again, too. Yeah, use it as a springboard. I mean, I know there's tons of people that engage with it every time you put it out there. So that'll be that'll be good for you and for them, I think. Yeah, um, That's probably it for the main topic, but what do we have for our geeky offer of the week? Uh, we've got Patreon again, you guys. So you guys need to go to patreon.com slash geek to geekcast and you can get all the cool stuff that we do. We've got uh, Discord roles. We've got an advertising tier. We've got things that I can't think of right now because it wasn't on my mind until a second ago. But <laughs> if you want to see what they are. Exclusive content. We don't have it yet, but uh, once you're done traveling and once my crazy season dies down, we're going to put some stuff on there that wouldn't normally fit on the podcast. So that'll be there in the future, too. Absolutely. So you can find that at patreon.com slash geek to geekcast uh, and save your spot with, in an unlimited sea of slots. But you want to save it. <laughs> save your um, slot. Well said, I guess. Um, also, you guys can start sending us questions. Uh, a few more weeks left until our yearly mailbag episode. So send your questions. We will have answers. We appreciate all the questions that we get. You can do that at any of the places that we are, and we will pick those up. Um, around the network this week, Geekitude had an episode where they talked about, it was like an interview episode between Joe and a guest, and it was all about medieval reenactments, which was really interesting. Um, I never really thought about it in depth before, but that one got me thinking. Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, they had a book club episode where they talked about red, white, and royal blue. And the guest was Joe Hogan. So Joe is kind of all over that week, which was fantastic. And sometimes Rob had an episode come out recently. He talked about the top five pieces of advice for high school freshmen. And it was him and his wife both giving their top five. So you really get like a top 10 list, which was great. And then Troidal is streaming Thursday mornings. Capsule J is streaming Tuesdays from 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern. And sometimes randomly throughout the week. And then the Geekery this week. Do you know what Austin and 13 Story wrote about? Uh, I know that Austin has finished up his Dragon Quest quest. I know 
know that he has uh, actually finished all of the Dragon Quest games within a calendar year of each other, within, and it took about nine and a half months, and so we kind of wrote about that. And uh, I know that 13th story, uh, that Bobby didn't get a an article out as of us recording this because he was at a charity event uh called a uh the the rocket city microthon uh and the the half marathon that i had mentioned earlier is the rocket city marathon and half marathon and this was a charity event called the uh, rocket city microthon where uh they run 0.12 miles and uh they get a uh, bottle opener medal and a sticker that says a uh, 0.12 uh, i thought it was great uh, it's a vendor thing and it's set up like a race but not really a race he said, but he was doing that instead of writing this week. But I really want a write up about uh, just the event in general because it sounded super cool and I wanted to talk about it. But wow, it was neat. awesome. Yeah, um, it's a good brand. And if you guys want to get all of the media sent to you instead of hunting it down, you can go to geekgeekmedia.com slash subscribe. Uh, what do we have for Weekly Geekery this week? Well, I'm doing all of this. I ended up buying myself an Apple Watch. I uh, I decided the Series 5 came out, and I decided that uh, I'd hit under 200 pounds for the first time in over a year. And to reward myself for that, instead of it being cake, I decided to uh, take Verizon up on one of their uh, monthly installment plans for the Series 5, and uh, I got myself an Apple Watch. And one of the things that I don't like about it over what I do like about the Fitbit that I've got is it actually doesn't count steps the way that Apple Watch does. Apple Watch doesn't. So it um it does like calories and stuff. So I was looking around for pedometer apps just to add one of the little complications on there to see the steps as well as everything else. And I ran across uh, one that was uh, called Fitness RPG. Like that's the name of it. And it's a little gotcha game. It's one of those arena battler things where you upgrade your units, you uh, you do everything that way, and uh, you you. As gotcha game as, you know, Marvel Strike Force, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, that kind of game, right? Except the way that you get the primary currency in the game is by the amount of steps that you take. It counts it from your Apple Watch or from your Fitbit or your phone or whatever, and you only get to unlock those chests based on uh, how you... Um, how far you you walk that day and so that has been a pretty good uh pretty good both time waster and motivator for me to uh, keep moving around uh because i really get sucked into those kinds of games so i liked it um and then i bought final fantasy four heroes of light on the nintendo ds and i like it a bunch because it's basically bravely 1.0 have you played this one on the original DS? Um, I know of it. I think I tried it, but I didn't stick with it for very much. Yeah, it is very basic. Like, it might as well be called Bravely Default Mystic Quest for how basic it is. But it is abs it was done by the same team who did uh, Bravely Default, Octopath Traveler, uh, Various Day Life on uh, Apple Arcade. And this is 100% you can see where every, everything like started for them. Um, super basic, but I really, really like it uh, because it's super basic. Like it's interesting and it's fun and it's cute. And uh, so I'm playing through it on the Vita. Um, like you said, I'm in Mexico right now as people are listening to this. And since I'm leaving my Switch at home for Jennifer, I'm actually going to be playing this on my 3DS uh, while I'm on vacation. Well, I say vacation. It's a company retreat, uh, but we do more vacationing than work uh, at first 
at least, and uh, then uh, Final Fantasy IV on the Vita I've re-downloaded uh, because I've uh, been wanting to just replay it because we did a Dragon Quest versus Final Fantasy uh, DQFM episode, and it got me really wanting to play an actual Final Fantasy game again. So that's what I've been doing this week. Sweet. That's awesome. I mean, Final Fantasy, I always support it. Yep. And the, the Final Fantasy 4 on Vita has the best 2D graphics of any of the versions of it. Don't know why they haven't used that, those sprites and everything anywhere else, but it's very, very pretty for a 2D, uh, 2D Final Fantasy. Cool. Um, I have been playing this game called Kind Words. Have you heard of it? I've not, but it sounds interesting. Okay, so it is basically writing to strangers which i know is not something we generally encourage but it's (laughs) it's gamified and it's in a structure where um it's generally safe it's not like one-to-one communication where you know who the other person is basically you it starts by asking you to like say something into the world so you just like type something and there are these little paper airplanes that float around and like you can write like encouraging messages on them but really the core of the game is you put questions out there or you can put like your thoughts out there or your worries or what's troubling you or whatever you just like put it out there and then you get responses from people and the whole point is to be like encouraging and to give nice responses and if you don't you'll get banned from the game um the thing is the game costs like five dollars to buy it so most things like this would very quickly devolve into just trolls just being mean to people but because it actually costs money to get into the game and because you can get banned if you ever say like anything bad um it is it's basically just a place to like if you want to journal a little bit or if you want to put your like worries and troubles out there into you know the void into the ether into the whatever into the um, void yeah i know Uh and then you'll get responses back it was it's really interesting it's a really interesting experiment so i didn't have anything that was like super troubling me or worrying me so i actually started putting things out there where i was like asking people to say nice things about themselves like what's your favorite thing about yourself and i started getting a bunch of responses about from it which was really interesting or like what's the best thing that happened to you in the last month um and it has this like really chill music it's called i think the subtitle of the game is lo-fi beats to write to um it has this deer that's like the mailman and he delivers stuff for you and he's encouraging too it's i don't know i don't know there's something interesting about this game i hope it never like takes off fully because you don't want it to get too big to the point where it's unenforceable you know and then then it just devolves into trolls as of right now it's not that it's like people being genuine and it's just a really fascinating thought experiment. Um, I have one of my friends was talking about how it's probably going to be his favorite game of the year because of what it wow. does. I'm not to that point, but I do think it's really fascinating and it's interesting. So I can't find it. Like I'm looking for it right now. Like this sounds fantastic and I can't find it. What does the icon look like? It's called Kind Words. Kind Words. Yeah, it's on Steam now too. And that's how I found it, but I've heard about it while it was in beta for a while. So I would encourage you guys to look at it. If you're not in the right mood, it's not the right game for you. But if you are in the right mood, you'll probably know it. And I can tell you that it's been a fascinating experience. Wow, that sounds awesome. Like I was hoping it was an app. Like I was looking on iPhone. I was looking on the iOS store for this. And I see it now on Steam now that you said that it... uh, I, this is absolutely something that I want to get. Like I can see myself 100% keeping this just 
open in on my desktop and doing this like man i wish this were on mobile so bad (laughs) yeah that sounds that sounds perfect like i don't know why like that is exactly where i am mentally right now as a person so it's like i really i really want to play this game yeah and like i said if you're in the right mental state for it it's a very very I don't even want to say it's good. It's just like it's the right fit for the right time if you're in the right mood. It's that kind of game. That sounds brilliant. Like I don't even have any other words than like that sounds perfect. Yeah. So I had to I had to get that out there so that other people knew about it because I haven't heard a whole lot of talk about it. Um, besides that, I did watch a couple other things in the last week or so. Um, I watched this movie called The Wandering Earth, which that one is interesting because it is a non-Hollywood, big-budget sci-fi movie. It's a Chinese movie, but it's not its not like what we typically see because it's not a Western movie. It's not made in Hollywood. It's not through our typical lens. Um, right. The premise of it is that Earth has to leave the solar system because the sun is expanding. And so they build a bunch of engines on the Earth, and they just like use the Earth as a spaceship because we're going to go to a different solar system. That's the premise. I mean, it's a sci-fi premise, right? It's just, yeah, it is what it is. Um, But it's structured. There are things in it that are structured in a way that it's like, oh yeah, my Western sensibilities clicked with it. And then there are other things that just, it's not at all how I'm used to seeing a movie constructed or put together. So that alone was just interesting for me to like watch and experience. So if you've ever wondered what a really big budget movie looks like, that's not made in the U S um, the wandering earth, was a great example. So I wanted to bring that, that one up too. That's awesome. Because one of the things I liked the most about Snowpiercer was that it wasn't a Western movie and that its structure was so different. And the way that they told the story was so different than what I would have expected that I just loved it for that. And this one seems like it will be that same kind of just different experience. Um, is this one subtitled? Or is it, it dubbed? You can have it either way. So I started okay. out watching it dubbed, and then I flipped over to subtitles because I liked it better. But you can watch it either way. Both of them are okay, fine. Okay, cool. I didn't know. I wanted to make sure because that would be the kind of thing that may make a difference on when I watch it, whether or not it's something I want to concentrate fully on and have to read, or if it's something that I want to have playing but don't mind uh, looking away at times. Well, and it's on Netflix is the other thing. So it's like super easy to get to. You don't have to go hunt it down or pay for it or anything. Like you probably already subscribed to Netflix. So you just go watch it if it sounds interesting. And if not, bail out halfway through and don't feel bad about it because it's Netflix. That's true. Sounds awesome, though. I really I really want to check that out. Yeah. And then the other thing that I watched that I absolutely loved was Savage Builds, which is just Adam Savage kind of doing a Mythbusters thing. But it's not about busting myths. It's just like getting a whole Mythbusters budget and crew and then messing around with different types of builds that you can do. So um, some episodes just to like give context and to kind of show you where it's at. There was an episode where the it's probably the closest thing to Mythbusters that the whole show did an episode about nitroglycerin and just Hmm. like what happens with nitroglycerin like how easy is it to accidentally blow it up and like you know could they recreate some of the things that have been said to happen in the past with it blowing up accidentally um so that was interesting they did an ultimate food fight episode where they spent the entire episode building giant weapons to like food fight each other with so they had to be across wow. football field from each other and just like fling stuff in one way or another so is that all about building mechanisms to throw food 
That was cool. Um, they had a Mad Max car competition where uh, they got like a beat up car and then they had a couple days to trick it out in whatever that way they wanted to disable the targets on the other people's cars. And um, there was a whole episode about like building an actual Iron Man suit from scratch or forging a meteorite sword. Um, they did a, an episode where they wanted to recreate a World War One dogfight and they ended up <laughs> doing it by taking these planes that Peter Jackson owns in New Zealand that are actual like World War One era planes that have been um, not reconstructed, but just like they're maintained, right? Like they're well maintained. You can fly them. People fly them all the time oh. up there. Um, and then they turned those into giant laser tag machines. So oh they could actually goodness. like shoot at each other with lasers and then they would be able to sense like when the laser tag sensors got tripped. It's that kind of stuff. It's just him playing around with like the people that he knows and doing really interesting builds. It was a great show. I would highly recommend it if you've ever liked any Mythbusters or if you've ever liked anything that Adam Savage has ever done. That sounds really interesting. Like Adam Savage is one of those who gets on my nerves sometimes and sometimes I can, uh, you know, it doesn't he doesn't bother me. So it's it may be a hit or miss show for me, but like forging a meteorite sword sounds really cool. Yeah, I like that episode a lot. Just seeing like the forging process and then also how do you incorporate a meteorite, you know? Um, yeah. So I hope it gets renewed for a second season. I think there was only like eight episodes. It was probably like a half season that got ordered on Discovery or wherever it was. Okay. Um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. So if you like anything around those lines, you should probably go check it out. And yeah. with that, that's probably it for this week. Um, you guys can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address, as always, is geekgeekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geekgeekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geekgeekcast. We also have great discussions on Slack and Discord. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links so that you can hang out with us. And you, while you're there, you can check out all the other content on the network. I blog at agrinmushroom.com, and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beach. That's Beach with two E's. And you can listen to me even more on the Dragon Quest FM podcast. We've been Void and Beach with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. <laughs> that was me running, not just like panting. Not being a dog? Yeah, right. It was, it was supposed to be running. Okay, nailed it. Hey Geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek2Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash capsulej. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8pm to 11pm Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then! Hi! My name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek, too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek. Hello friends, this is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. 
Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch, chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch, where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hello, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And together we are Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture. We talk about books, movies, music, basically anything we want at this point. Yes, we obsess about K-pop. And Keanu Reeves. And sometimes Katie cries on the podcast. Hey, that's rude. But really, we are just here to talk about all the things that we love. So make sure to head over to teatimewithkc.com and geek2geekmedia.com to check us out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you download your podcasts. Bye. Bye.